Hello and welcome to this episode of Keep It Civil, an engineering podcast from the Department of Civil, Environmental and Geomatic Engineering at UCL. This week we're joined by Professor Brian Collins, Head of Enterprise at Siege, who was instrumental in the development of the UK Collaboration for Research in Infrastructure and Cities, or UCRIC for short. Uh, UCRIC is a UCL-led programme that secured £138 million in funding for the development of research into UK national and local infrastructure. Uh, so welcome, Brian. Thanks very much for joining us. Pleasure. Uh, so to start off, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, the motivations behind this plan and uh, how you went about securing it? So it started quite some time ago, actually, because before I became a professor at University College London, I was the chief scientific advisor in two departments, Department for Transport and Department for Business, Innovation and Skills. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I realized that infrastructure, by which I mean all forms of transport, all forms of energy, waste, water and digital, had not really had a huge amount of coordinated research over the last four or five decades in the UK, partly because of privatisation and partly uh, due to the uh, expansion of the low-carbon agenda, which dominated some of the energy work in particular. So I started to realise that the creation of a national capability to enhance the research uh, in those subjects, not only individually but collectively, uh, would add a huge amount of value not only to this country but to our capability both as academics in teaching but also in terms of transfer through industry into export markets because infrastructure modernisation is a problem that is common to most developed countries and is absolutely critical to developing countries. So it had a number of possible outcomes which were going to be of value. So we started on that process about three years ago, Mm -hmm. found uh, the opportunity to bid for capital equipment to go into research programmes, the 138 million that you discussed. Actually, it's double that because the universities themselves were asked to put in a 50-50 funding. Oh, I see. So it was uh, in total about 270. 76 million and uh, that money is now being um, uh, invested in uh, the network of universities 14 universities across the country Um, and uh, in addition to that there's research programs which use that equipment and do other things as well so the total program value is is pushing up to nearer 350 million uh, and we're not going to stop there it's going to get bigger Oh, fantastic. Um, so how involved have you UCL been uh, in this project? So UCL have been involved in two ways. One, myself. Um, uh, some people say I've led the program. I think I've convened the program by getting everyone together uh, and keeping them together. Uh, in some ways, I may have led some aspects of it, but actually it's been by mutual agreement that those universities, professors from those universities in civil engineering and other departments, got together to uh, capitalise on the capital equipment, but also recognise the same vision that modernization of infrastructure in this country was going to add a huge amount of value to the quality of life. So um, that's one aspect of how UCL is involved, that my role. The second is we have been the recipients of one element of the capital equipment. Uh, My colleague, Professor Nick Tyler, also in CGE, Mm -hmm. um, is uh, a a recipient of a large grant to uh, massively enlarge his capability, which is a unique capability in the world, Mm -hmm. to look at the interaction between people and the built environment. And this is the the Pearl Laboratory? Pearl, which is the evolution from his existing small laboratory, although he 
even that's quite big, <laughs> called Pamela, which was funded by the Research Council some years ago and is now in great demand from people all around the world to look at how people interact with things that are built, uh, not just buildings, but railway trains and buses and court buildings and schools. Uh, people interact with the way we do things. And surprisingly, there had been relatively little practical research on how people uh, interact, both physically and mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. with how things are built. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's branded as the UK collaboration. Uh, is it predominantly a UK initiative or is it a more No, it, is a, it well? is a UK initiative. Um, we recognised immediately when we started that we needed to have an inter- international collaboration. So we are mounting an international advisory board and we're starting to uh, probe gently to a number of renowned figures around the world in academia and elsewhere. Uh, to act as advisors to the program. Um, But also, we've started to open the door to other universities in other countries to see whether they want to be part of some of the collaborative programs where we think international engagement could add a lot of value, Um, not only in terms of the academic and scholastic quality, Mm -hmm. also the teaching uh, aspects, and and, uh, slightly longer term uh, to realize that were we to be known about more in other countries, then the inter, uh, the the um, industrial value, the commercial value, could accrue as well. Okay, fantastic. Um, and so, do you have any sort of examples of the type of experiments that will be kind of carried out with the new modelling and simulation environment work? So, probably one of the most urgent things is to understand at much finer detail uh, the issues of flooding. Okay. Um, even only in the last couple of days, we've had yeah. massive floods in Cornwall, which they didn't see coming in the particular village that, that it uh, affected. Um, and still floods uh, and heavy rainfall, which is now fairly certainly the result of climate change, um, extreme downpours which, which occur, um, are causing problems. And so to try and understand how to mitigate the effects of those, uh, given warning, um, uh, will be extremely valuable. So there's two things in there. One, to enhance the the, the fine-grainedness of the meteorology and the, and the uh, uh, weather forecasting mm-hmm. so that those uh, issues are known about in advance. And indeed, in this particular instance this week, there was a weather warning okay. um, which went out across the whole of the south of England. I live in the south of England, so I took notice of it. Um, uh, but also to look at the civil engineering of those structures where we think there might be weaknesses were there to be uh, heavy uh, rainfall. Unfortunately, of course, that takes a lot of money. And so it's going to be very difficult to afford uh, to protect every uh, uh, entity that might need uh, protecting in that way. So flooding is one, not only flash flooding from rain, but also coastal flooding uh, with high seas and high tides. So uh, that's one area where the modelling is is pretty important. Um, We're also looking at at the heat island effects as as the mean temperatures do go up. And uh, we're sitting here in quite a hot room (laughs) on a hot summer's day. So um, these actually cause um, people to get distressed or get ill, and in worst cases, actually actually die as a result of, of, of mm-hmm. heat, either very young people or very old people. Yeah. And so understanding what's called the heat island effect in cities uh, is another very important factor, which uh, demands very fine-grained modeling, not just of the solar radiation and the heat entrapment in the buildings, but also what heat is being dissipated in the buildings as a result of greater use of IT um, and and uh, equipment in in, uh, in in offices. So that whole uh, building physics combined with civil engineering combined with meteorology 
uh, is a, an important facet. And in saying those three things, what I've uh, illustrated is the transdisciplinarity of the UCRIT program. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's engineering, it's physics, uh, it's it's sociology, it's economics, yeah. all those things combined. So although we're basing it out of the civil engineering department, uh, CGE in, in UCL, we're already having conversations with other faculties in UCL and uh, indeed other faculties in other uh, universities. So it does actually draw in expertise yeah. from a very wide range of communities. Um, and indeed in that sense, it addresses the issues of how, how, how cities and how the world works, which is uh, yeah. quite important. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about money and, and funding before. Um, has it been particularly easy trying to find the funding for this? Well, um, the argument that we need to modernise our in infrastructure was not that difficult in the sense that the government by 2012 had realised it was going to spend $500 billion over the next 20 years. Okay. Um, the government isn't actually going to spend that money. The, the, the government itself will spend a fraction of that, probably about 10 15%. The rest of it will come from the private sector. Okay. And if you want to attract that scale of private sector investment, then you need to have a stable uh, pipeline of programs and projects which are part of infrastructure. Um, so if you say you're going to have a pipeline of infrastructure projects over 20 to 30 years um, where it's got to attract four or five hundred billion of private investment, those guys need to know how to de-risk that investment. And that means mm -hmm. the uncertainties in engineering, in IT, in data, in, in how things will behave once they have built it need to be produced. And that's where the research program makes a difference. So if you can de-risk 500 billion pounds um, of investment by spending a small fraction of that on research up front, then you get a gearing ratio, which is, which is 100, 200, 300 to 1. And that is huge. That's fantastic. So yeah. that was the that was that argument actually carried weight. It is actually out there uh, as a public argument. Um, big report by McKinsey, which we quoted, because on a global scale, we're not talking five hundred billion; we're talking ten trillion. Wow. Um, and uh, not least in the United States, where there's a considerable amount of modernisation that is needed. So um, the argument that you need to invest in infrastructure in the developed world is 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 pretty rock solid out there. The investment in the research in order to de-risk it was something we made and is now being emulated in other parts of the world. So we were the leaders in, in developing the business case around that, that particular argument. There is another argument, which is an ethical argument, which is to do with helping developing countries modernize their own infrastructure or even build it f for the first time yeah. so that their populations who are moving into be, being a lower middle class, middle class in the way that we would describe it, but mm -hmm. becoming more developed, in other words, having, having paved streets, having sewage, systems, having running water, which a lot of the world doesn't have, yeah. um, that will help them develop their own economy, help them manage their own situations, and, and de-stress their own uh, pressures on, on their own uh, political and social stability. So it's a very important issue for the human species on the planet yeah. that this type of infrastructure is researched appropriately. So we're already looking at partnerships with developing countries to see whether what we're trying to do could be used in other parts of the world where they're less well developed than we are. Yeah. And so are there any uh, specific sort of foreign universities that you're partnering with? Um, at the moment, we've got a relationship with a university that I've been working with for the last five years, at, um, a, 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 the tenth largest city in Australia, which most people haven't heard of, called <laughs> Wollongong, uh, okay. which is uh, five 
uh, 50 kilometers south of Sydney, uh, where they have a significant um, modeling capability where they've been doing work for uh, the city of Sydney, mm -hmm. uh, but now beginning to work with other cities in particular in their region, in Indonesia, for example. Um, so that's one university. I've also got a conversation with University Technology Sydney, um, where they are working with us, uh, indeed the University of Bristol, on two things. One on, on how you map infrastructure investment to the UN sustainability goals, which is now a very, um, I would say fashionable, it's a very real target for a lot of Western European governments to put it, put their research programs into alignment with those UN goals because they're, they're then, um, the, the business case is easier to argue for mm -hmm. and, and the outcomes are easier to calibrate one university to another or one research program to another. But also with UTS in Sydney, uh, we're looking at how organizations learn because doing this work on infrastructure um, is is hard. So you don't necessarily get it right first time. Mm -hmm. and But if you don't learn from the things you didn't get right the first time, you keep on repeating the mistakes and that's not a, a effective thing to do so we are working with them and the university of bristol as i say on learning journeys as it is called in order that organizations and individuals can learn better as a result of what they uh, their activities as a result of what they do Fantastic. Uh, and so i guess what's the kind of time frame for uh, for this project i mean it's obviously <laughs> been running for a, a while already but i mean in our, in our business case we actually said this is a decadal program it's okay. going to take decades for it actually to come to maturity and have fruition not as long as as nuclear fusion uh, <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> we realize that actually we've neglected uh, the scale of the research that is needed in our cities and in our infrastructure um, for the last 40 or 50 years, actually post-privatization, because privatization um, caused the business model of doing research in support of infrastructure to be very difficult to, to justify and maintain. Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to do is put some of that back in our universities, at the same time put in place teaching programs which align, uh, so that we teach infrastructure in, a, in, a, in an inter integral part of the activities that we we uh, do not only in civil engineering but in a whole range of different other engineering and scholastic disciplines so business models for instance financing and funding yeah. large programs is crucial so um, we are aiming at doing that as well fantastic and so what are the sort of immediate next steps for this well immediate next steps is to start coordinating all the research that we've got so we have a legacy of research that has okay. been going on yeah and of course the people who have been doing that have been doing it as it were, not this may sound critical, in, in, in their own little uh, pockets of activity, isolated from each other. So the first 18 months is probably going to be to do with getting everyone to know each other. And it'll be a large set of communities. Not everyone needs to know about everyone else, but they do need to know about the people, as it were, who are adjacent to them in disciplines yeah. where they have stronger interactions. But my guess is there's two or 3,000 people in universities across this country that are doing work which is related to infrastructure. Okay. Um, we're already running a big conference um, this September in the Institute of Civil Engineers called uh, the International Symposium on Next Generation Infrastructure. It's the fifth in a series of such um, uh, symposia. The first one was held in Wollongong uh, four years ago. And uh, that we are going to use as a launch pad for UCRIC. We've got really good take up, lots of invited papers and some really good keynote speakers. So if anyone's listening to this quickly enough, look at ISNGI on your Google uh, search string and you'll find more detail. I think the the one thing that I think is quite important, what we are challenging uh, the establishment about is that um, a lot of the thinking that's gone on in cities and 
in um, national governments is not to think in an integrated way about infrastructure. The fact that transport doesn't work without energy and energy doesn't work without water and to move water around you need transport. So, it, And all of that is much more efficiently done if you've got good data but if you haven't got good data you may actually do it a lot less efficiently. So the idea that all these infrastructural uh, entities are closely joined up and need to be governed in a more joined up way is still a struggle. The National Infrastructure Commission, which I'm an advisor to, um, is, is a big step along the way and uh, is helping get the argument out there that a system of systems view of infrastructure is really important. Mm -hmm. But we are one of 10 departments in the Faculty of Engineering in UCL, and yet a lot of what I've talked about is social science or anthropology or economics. And that's true in all the universities. And yet we're pulling on all of those disciplines in order to provide a joined up and systemic view of how infrastructure could be modernized and made better, not just for us, but for the world at large. So there's some structural and governance changes which need to be put in place. And that could be a lot more difficult than creating a 300 million pound research program. Thanks very much for joining us, Brian. Um, if you, anyone would like more information, they can go to www.ucric.com uh, or you can find them on Twitter at UKCRIC. Uh, if you'd like more information about what we do at CEG, you can find our website at cege.ucl.ac.uk or our Twitter at cege_ucl. Thanks very much for listening, everybody, and goodbye. Bye.